Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. To 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Yo! Could have went left, but it went right. He could have went wrong, but it went right. Said it was Ian, but it went right. One hit pass on pass on sight. MVP in the night. Ten negative deposits. Good evening and welcome to your weekly dosage of Touchy Gooners. Um, you may recognise the voice, it's not your usual host voice, we have Lou Bob, who is currently um, on a tour of Africa doing his cultural enrichment. Um, we have Dan Coogs, who is being pammed by wedding planning. Um, so, yeah, you got your boy SV Carboholic here stepping up to the plate, even though I'm currently recovering from COVID. No symptoms, though. But, yeah, um, self-isolation at home. And, um, yeah, so we're here to discuss a few things today. So I'm joined by, firstly, uh, Dr. Leroy. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I just want to say fuck Lewis, innit? Just... <laughs> And I'm also joined by joined by our, our, our bilingual um, Bunt Ass Liga expert, German Dan. How are you, sir? Yo, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> hey, that league ain't beating the allegations. Yeah. <laughs> that league ain't beating the allegations. Don't worry, don't worry about it, man. I'm, I'm working. I'm just saying, good ass Liga. <laughs> I got say for serious ass as well. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so let's yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, we'll touch on our most recent game. So, um, five wins in a row now in all competitions. The latest being a five nil away win at Norwich um, in the Premier League. Obviously, Norwich aren't a great side. They've been getting battered left, right, and centre. But you know, um, we put. We put them to the sword, you know. I think Liverpool went to Carrow Road and only scored three. We put five past them. So, you know, some of our concerns earlier on in the season where, you know, maybe we weren't scoring 
and creating as many chances as we would like. But within the last, you know, three weeks or so, it started to come together a bit more. So, um, yeah, Dr. Lee, let me start with you. Um, what, what were your thoughts on the game? Um, so, yeah, uh, my thoughts were, overriding thoughts were, it's nice to be the bully boy again. Didn't it feel good? Because when we've been playing these teams, even like the shit teams, we were scraping 1-0 wins. And I felt that the games were still being played on the margins and they were still about the fine, the fine margins. And when you're playing teams like this, it really doesn't go well because you could still easily draw or lose those games. Um, and in the last sort of few games, it's felt like we should be beating these teams. Don't get me wrong. So we should, we can't get too carried away for beating these teams heavily. But the fact that it was comprehensive and that we beat them up, that's what made me really happy. So overall, looking at the game, I really like the balance in that attack. I think the, the profiles that are there mesh together really nicely. So you've obviously got Lacazette. Lacazette's got really good qualities in terms of his technical ability, in terms of how he links up with players, and in terms of his just work rate and industry, he's really good at pinning people and not letting people get past him and rolling. That goes really well with Odegaard, because Odegaard, you could see, is really enjoying playing with Lacazette and just having a little bit of a bounce pass to play off and being more connected to him. That with Martinelli's just... Martinelli is a demon in terms of his movement. He, he he causes problems. So his movement isn't just just to score goals. It just moves opposition players around. And I feel that his introduction into the team, moving opposition players around like that, is really doing a lot for the cohesiveness of our, our attack because we're becoming more potent again. We're becoming more dangerous again, simply from adding that in. And the fact that he's moving a lot and a lot of the time he's looking for the ball, Odegaard is finding him. I feel that as well as the um, in, the introduction of Lacquer again, that's another factor that's literally made Odegaard come alive. And when Odegaard's alive, that guy's a player. He's a proper, proper baller. Um, and then all of this coincides with Saka's hot streak. Saka's been... Saka is our most important attacker, by far. Um, he's the only one on the team that can break the game open. He's the only one in the squad that will do something individualistic that will change the so get that team running the opposite direction change the course of the attack break the attack open make do some that that bit of x factor and the fact that he's on a hot streak um he's scoring goals he's always been getting in a position so it's good to see him finishing as well um it's all it's all good feels man it's all good feels and um i mean i've got to give a shout out to granite shaka as well because granite shaka coming in he had a bit of a dodgy first game but he was out from a bloody 12-week um injury or well for some reason how he got back in nine weeks i don't know maybe i'll do a piece on patreon for that because uh it's some rudy shit for me but um he's uh party always plays better with him in the team um they're playing more together and less of dropping into the left back type space um and it, it it looks like that partnership has a really nice balance in terms of they, they complement each other really well. So, yeah, overall, I'm pretty happy with the game. We can see the attack is functional and that's something we've called for for ages. The defence is the defence. It's been solid for a while. The individuals are solid and we've talked about that at length. So, overall, like, it's a pretty good time to be an Arsenal fan. And I don't expect us to go and... I expect us to go and lose against City, but... I'm seeing evolution rather than revolution, and that that's that's cool. I'm I'm happy to see that, and I'm I'm just hopeful that we continue going in the same direction. But I'm a little bit mindful that we're not just um, in a good run of form playing terrible teams, and as soon as we start playing the teams towards the mid table and the upper mid table, we start to come unstuck offensively again. 
But overall, that I can't be upset of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. Um, I, I tend to echo your thoughts. Um, Dan, do you tend to side with Leroy? Is it just the case of us us beating up the bad teams, or, or are you seeing, you know, an evolution stylistically? Because you know, we we were sat here earlier on, you know, the, some weeks back, talking about how you know maybe we might have been picking up points, but um, we still had some valid concerns about you know pinning teams back more, being a bit more sustainable in terms of how we attack, how we. Um, pin teams back how we create how we score um have you been encouraged by what you've seen in the last few weeks and particularly against Norwich too yeah I think I think it's probably quite difficult to ascertain so you have to kind of go with like a mixture of what you've been seeing and a, and a bit of gut feeling and I think I think I think I echo the thoughts as well and I think there has been an evolution especially offensively I think he's put solid um foundations into the team defensively but We've really struggled to score for um what the majority of last season and the early parts of this season and then it didn't just click but um like lira said he, he assembled the right profiles on attack and i think um key piece of that was getting the best out of um udegaard and getting the best out of saka and um this month in particular um those two players have been very very good um, I'm, I'm sure they'll probably be up for player player of the month, um, for Premier League player of the month, and Martinelli as well. Actually, all three of them have been really, really good. And all three, the way they play, it kind of complements each other and Laka kind of puts it together. Um, in some way, you could say that Aubameyang um, debacle or the Aubameyang situation um, has rejuvenated our season because we had that early spell where we did really well. Um, I think it was like five or seven games I mean I don't quite remember we well we won quite a few games in a row and we clawed back up the table and then it started to look a bit higgy again against um United it was uh, it was a difficult game we I felt the team looked disjointed and um and I think Everton as well um and then just at the right time just before the Christmas run of games um this change happened and I do feel that um, this can also apply to the better teams. And we we played West Ham, you know. Um, and bear in mind, that, that game was a real pressure game at the time. People were saying, yeah, I fancy left them to leave us something. And we completely panned the ass. They, they, were, they were nowhere near us in that game. Um, so that was a game that gave me a lot of encouragement. And I was confident that from the games that we have coming up, I think it was Norwich and then maybe there was another game as well. That I was I was sure we would win and we would get the points and I'm happy we have done um bit as we touched on in the group as well a bit unlucky to not have played the Wolves game even though 48 or less than 48 hour rest is not ideal but it would have been nice to pick up another a game and another win because I'm sure we would have we would have we would have got that as well um just on the run that we're on right now whereas the City game kind of breaks up this run a little bit um because I, I struggle to see how we can get a win. They're just, they're just too good. And they're, they're doing a December thing where they're just winning 10, 10 12 games in a row. So they're just doing a thing right now. Um, let's see how we compete in that game. Uh, for me, important in that game, again, um, just to go back to like, the Liverpool game, for example, where I, I felt like we competed for 20 minutes and then we completely capitulated. It's important that we compete in this game against City over the weekend for the whole 90 minutes. And... Um, I think that's where I need to see some progression as well. I've seen a lot of progression against the lower level teams, and that's a that's an underrated trade actually being able to beat them quite convincingly. Um, so I've seen a big progression there, um, which we have struggled so much last season. I mean, we all know that. So that's a big progression there. Um, the middle level teams, we need to play them a bit more, but we've seen us against Leicester and West Ham. Now can we 
play against the best team and compete for 90 minutes. Um, and I'm, I'm confident that we, if everyone stays fit, we, we can be close enough to um, to where we want to be in the table, to be honest. Yeah, great stuff on that. I, I guess, you know, just slightly um, segueing on now. So, so if we look at it holistically, we're halfway through the league season now. Um, we sit fourth in the Premier League, albeit um, Spurs and United both have games in hand on our Spurs. If they win all their games in hand, um, go above us by just a point. But they, I think it is two, three away games they have. So, you know, and they dropped points to Southampton yesterday as well. Um, you know, hey, sorry, at the start of the season, we were all quite pessimistic. Sorry to cut. And on the games, and I just got to say, yeah, man. Sorry. On the games, and I just got to say, man, these people got excited too early, man. You have to win these games first. You can't, like, I'm not That's looking true. at the table thinking, oh, we have a game in hand on, I think, is a, a Chelsea. We'd be close to them if we win that game. And that, we need to win that first. That game could be a loss. It could be a draw. You don't know. I'm not counting. You shouldn't be counting those points. And I don't know if um, many of the listeners listen to Battle Rap, but if you do, you might get this reference, yeah? You guys are having games in hand, playing against Southampton and Got Nosu and Newcastle, and it's close. You having close battles with Bill Collector? You having close battles with Bill Collector? It's very, very funny. But anyway, continue, continue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I think at the at the start of the season we were all quite pessimistic. Um, around our transfer business we were all caught you know when we look at the predictions a lot of us didn't even predict us to reach the top six so we are currently sitting here after 19 games in fourth position on 35 points um if we were to extrapolate that over the course of the season and try to you know replicate what we've done in the first half of the season in the second half of the season 70 points usually gets you top four um it would have got you you know I think it was 60 odd, 60, 66, 67 points last season that got you top four. So um, overall, um, what's your current assessment of the season so far? And, you know, what, what do you think we need to do um, to, to sort of continue to maintain? Leroy, I'll come to you first. Obviously, we've also played um, away at Old Trafford. We've played away, we've played away at the Etihad. We've already played away at Anfield. Um, so we've got a lot of difficult, you know, fixtures away um in the first half of the season and you know our our home form is right up there along with city as, as the best in the league i believe as well so but obviously we'll have a lot of these teams to play at the emirates in the second half of the season so you, your overall current thoughts on the season so far based on your initial predictions mm -hmm. and you know how you kind of see the second half of the season panning out as well so We've well outdone my expectations so far this season. So I, I wasn't really particularly optimistic this season. Um, I think not just myself, along with us lot on the, on the pod and along with the, the majority of people online that I saw, we when we the window closed, we weren't really enamoured with a lot of the signings we'd made. We thought they'd made a lot of bad choices. But obviously we've been, so far at least, we've been proven wrong categorically about pretty much every signing. Um, I mean, a lot of us thought Odegaard would be good and he, he, he's cooking now, so that's good. But a big factor for me is, even though we've conceded more goals than we have last season in the same games, because we lost big in the big games, I still feel like defensively we've been solid. <clears throat> so you look at Gabriel not put a foot wrong, Colossus this season, 
Ben White has surprised pleasantly and been very, very good this season. He started out, out as well in terms of his, quite conservative in terms of his passing and he was decent in terms of his carrying, but you can really see where he adds value in terms of the build-up play as well. Um, and just in terms of the press resistance and the fact that he can step past people. Tommy Asu has been an absolutely sensational signing. Um, solid lockdown defender, very good technically, which doesn't get talked about enough. And in terms of uh, people talk about him going forward, yes, okay, he might not be the best in the opposing third or the, the, the final third. In terms of his ball progression and in terms of his uh, um, pass selection and in terms of his quality under pressure, absolutely fantastic. Nuno Tavares had a run in the team, superb signing as a backup left back, really offers some other different qualities that Tierney doesn't. Tierney started slowly this season and now he's picking up as well. So we've re and Ramsdale has been absolutely sensational. He's probably been one of our signings of the season um, so far. Um, so when we look at that, there's a really solid base that we started to build. So very, very quickly when these men came into the team, you could see that we're, they're not bozos at the back and that we were looking relatively solid. The next problem then came with uh, our offensive output. In my opinion, a lot of the offensive problems came from midfield. Um, uh, and that was because party wasn't really playing well and was being really inconsistent. Um, Shaka came out of the team and I actually felt liked where we went with Shaka out of the team because I thought, even though Lukonga, for me, still needs a lot of development, his his profile and what he was doing in terms of punching it through the middle, in terms of shortening the game rather than Shaka's type of game and being a little bit more penetrative from a central area, was quite good and I was liking that evolution. But Shaka's come back into the team now, still looking good. When Shaka's got time and space, there is no doubt he can boss a game. He has his flaws, he has his weaknesses, but that kid, can, or that guy, sorry, I say kid, he's younger than me still, but that guy, he, he can boss a game when he's when he's given time. So he, he had a really good season last season um, and he's not having a bad season this season since he's come back. Um, he's had a couple of dodgy games, but he's, he's not been too bad. Um, in terms of sort of how I see the season so far, it's been a case of, just like I said, evolution rather than revolution. We're building. Arteta's, to be honest, even though I'm still not convinced by him, he's, he's coached his ass off this season, if, if we're being real, because we've been presented with lots of different problems and he's solved those problems one by one so far. That's what it looks like anyway. I mean, we'll have to see if this attack thing lasts. So, and the thing I that's... Like I said, even though we might not agree with Arteta's approach all the time, you can always see that we are a well-coached side. And you can always see what we are trying to do on a football pitch. Um, and you can always notice when there's differences as well. So he has made positive steps and he's created solutions to problems and we're slowly building. So overall, if we can continue this improvement and we can get some um, signings in January, they might outdo all our expectations and they might go on to do really well this season. So overall, so far, if you look at that 19 games to halfway point, this has been a successful season for us from where we started and where we're expecting to be. Uh, and then hopefully long may it continue. Yeah, great stuff. I, I'd be inclined to agree. Obviously, I think a lot of us, you know, we were quite scathing in our ratings of the window. Um, and obviously, you know, like you said, we're only halfway through the season, so there's still a lot um, of a way to go. We've still got, you know, a lot of difficult fixtures to come. 
Um, I probably do think we have, though, benefited from the one game a week. Um, even though, you know, as Arsenal fans, we'd all like to see us play a bit more. But I think, you know, more time on the training ground from the coach, um, less load on the players consistently, I think, has probably worked in our favour. So we'll see how that sort of extrapolates over the course of the season. Um, so, yeah, Dan, same to you. How, how have you found um, the half a season so far relevant, uh, you know, compared to your initial expectations? Yeah, um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster because um, this summer, yeah, as you said, we were we we were underwhelmed. I thought all the all the signings looked nice on paper, they looked cool, but I was looking at who's moving the needle for us in midfield, especially in attack. I, I, I was. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was a big fan of Udegaard. I still am. So I was like, okay, Udegaard I can take, but who's moving the needle? Are we going to do more? Um, I really wanted us to, I don't know, do a war chest type of summer and they spent a lot of money but i think maybe maybe they had a they had a plan from the offset sort of um and i think what what really what really i didn't take into consideration in the summer was um the development of saka and smith role and also martinelli now who's coming into the team and i think this is probably something that internally they have looked at and said we believe these guys can do it this season we just need to put them in the best best possible environment to do it, find the best possible team for them to thrive in. And um, I think that's why they've been trying. And um, all, honestly, our form um, and our positive form is really down to Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, Udegaard, all these guys being very, very potent, super potent in their attacking play. Um, they they all have had some games when they weren't that good, but they have had so many good games individually, all of them. Um, so, um I think that has massively contributed to where we are at um, the moment. And I agree with Leroy's um, sort of um, thoughts on um, Atara. Yeah, he has managed some very, very difficult situations. I mean, after the third, um, f- uh, first three losses, that's a horror situation being as, as an Arsenal manager. And then he turned it around and he won quite a lot of games in a row. Um, given the circumstances, that, that wasn't easy at the time. Uh, and the team didn't look good going into those um, into those into into that run. Um and then again, um, when 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 the expectations were start rising, um, the team kind of fell short um, on a few occasions. But then he, he, he you know, he, he got the team team to to perform again throughout this month, and it's made a it's made a, a like a big big difference on where we are on the table. And um, to think that we've played so many of these big teams away already um, leaves me with confidence that um, I think we can finish the season stronger. I think the next two months are obviously crucial, and they will be difficult. But um, I, I've always known Arsenal to finish the season pretty strongly, um, especially in the latter stages, I, 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 unless it was on the Una Emery. Um, so 
I think I think um, as as Leroy also said, if we maybe can do something in Jan to pluck the gaps a little bit. I know we're not playing that many games when Afghan is happening, but I, I'm just a bit weary of Party not being here. I do think that Congo, when he's played, has has played really well and he's stepped up. Um, but yeah, I do feel like maybe we can just bolster the squad a little bit because I don't think we've had a big injury yet. And also, I always feel like every every team or every squad kind of gets one big injury. Or you know, it doesn't have to be an ACL. It could be like a few weeks out. Um, you kind of always experience them. I maybe I, I guess sorry, the Jaka one was one. But I just feel like there could be one or two more injuries. And um, even though the cadence of our game is less than our opponents. Um, so I'm just a bit wary of that, and I'd like us to bolster the squad out a little bit, and I'd like us to maybe get another attacking option um, with Aubameyang now out in the cold. Um, I hope the club can move him on in this January window. I don't want us to like lose two games on the bounce at some point, and then people to talk about, oh, Aubameyang should be coming back in. Um, I think I think it's, it's important that you know um, he moves on and, and the club moves on because it doesn't look like there's any way back, to be honest. So, yeah, Um on the whole, um, I'm very, very pleased where we are right now. I know this is a bit of a monologue, but yeah, I'm very pleased where we are right now. And um, I hope we can, you know, continue and we can compete in the bigger games. Um, I think we can be thereabouts. And um, I always kind of thought that some of the teams that we think or some of the teams that on paper look good, they'll they probably won't end up performing good, like the, the likes of Leicester, like the likes of United, um, Spurs. I always kind of felt like there's an opening for top four or top six, potentially. Um it's just about being consistent and just having one game a week allows us to be that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a good point. I think Dan Coogs mentioned, you know, talked about this season being a being a, um, a points accumulation season. And it, and it is really just a case of the team who's most consistent will will win out at the end. So hopefully, I think, um, you know, we've got Mirad Semra here. We said, um, you know, uh, 70 points, do we think it'd be enough for Champions League? I do think it'd probably be enough for Champions League this year. So if we can, you know, replicate what we've done over the first half of the season, um, I think that probably gets, yeah, I think that gets top four. Um, and I still expect everyone to drop points just because the reality of the the fact is the league is hot. Do you know what I mean? That, that there isn't any guarantees. Um, everyone is fighting for something. Do you know what I mean? So you saw United go to, to Newcastle. Newcastle, you know, they barely won a game this season. So... Um, and they're backed, you know, by by oil money. So obviously they've got their own agenda as well. So, yeah, I think um, every team will have their struggles. Every team will have their ups and downs. So it's just the team that can, you know, manage to fight above it, stay consistent, avoid big injuries, avoid COVID, which we've seen as, you know, rattled a lot of teams as well. So so we'll see how that pans out over the course of the season. I think you both, yeah. you know, you, you both um, referenced, you know, the January window. So I think, I think I'll come on to it now. Um we look at it, there's been heavy links in the last few days with Ainsley Maitland-Niles talking about um, a loan to Roma with an option obligation of around 12 mil. Um, and, you know, we've spoken already about Partey and Elneny both going to the African Cup of Nations. So that literally just leaves us with um, Xhaka and Lukonga. Now, obviously, I like Patino, but he's obviously physically nowhere near the level that we need yet for him to be featuring regularly. And obviously we've got a two-legged cup tie against Liverpool. We have an FA Cup tie away to Nottingham Forest as well. So we are going to be playing a lot of games in January. So we do need the numbers. Um, so I, I guess looking at it now in January, how would you approach it, Leroy? And is, is there any, anything you do in particular? So I feel that the season has presented us an opportunity we didn't expect. We expected to sort of, Finish in a, try and finish in a respectable position and go for the Europa League. We find ourselves at the halfway point, genuinely in the top four. 
don't waste the opportunity. I feel that we should try our best to go as big as possible, and to because we're gonna we're gonna lose a lot um, from Afcon, a lot, a lot than most teams, a lot more than most teams. Because even though Party's been some time this season, he's extremely important to us. Um, Abamyang, okay, yes, I understand that he's not in the squad right now. He goes away. If Laka gets an injury, we will start with Eddie. Balogun's likely going to go on loan anyway. So we're really lacking up top in that central area. I feel that we've kind of got enough in the re- in other areas. Obviously, we, we've been quite lucky with injuries. If we lose one of the key pillars, the Gabriels, the Lacassettes at the moment, <coughs> the Partes um, for a significant period, we could be in big, big trouble. And I would love to see us um, hedge those hedge those uh, bets and uh, hedge our bets, sorry, and make sure that we've just got cover and we've got another third quality CM that can be played in that position. We have a, an option if Lucky gets injured or gets COVID again or or whatever. Those are the things I'd like to see, even if they're creative short-term options. Because if we can navigate this well and navigate it to the point where the drop-off isn't too big, you're seeing how tough this season is and, and teams are having players drop like flies with COVID, they're having injuries, they're having all sorts, particularly with Europe, etc. So you've got to seize your opportunities when they come. So I would like to see um, a, a starting CM. I think that's doable in January. I think we can go and buy one if we put the money up. And I would, if we have to pay a premium to do it, so be it. Um, and then I'd like to see uh, a forward come in, a central forward, somebody who can play in the central positions, whether that be a creative option like a Luka Jovic on loan or, or, or something along those lines if we are to shift Aubameyang. But if we aren't able to shift Aubameyang, he needs to be reintegrated to the group. I understand that this disciplinarian thing, I understand that you won't have all same rules for everyone else. I understand all of that. However, sometimes... The, the win is more important. What's best for the team is more important. We would need him in the group if he um, if if um, we don't get anyone else in. And if he is not part of the group and that's not going to happen, then they have to move heaven and earth to make something else happen. They must do it. Um, and if we do that, then we can really go into the second half of the season confidently because I feel like, like I said, the defence is relatively solid. I mean, Holding is not our most favourite player, but he can come in and do a job. Um, we've got real good backup at left back. We've shown Ben White in terms of this system can fill in at right back. Um, central mid, we like I said, we, we need that position out wide. I feel like when ESL's on the bench, he's not even getting starts. When Saka gets cold or Martinelli gets cold or Odegaard gets cold, ESL comes in. One of them will pick up the slack. I feel like we've got enough in that position. So up front, um, centre mid. Um, I'd like to see things done that are going to bolster us and really give us that push for the top four. Because if we make the top four this season, everything changes. Everything changes because we're back. We're back. And then we can really go big and then we can really consolidate that. Um, uh, So, and I feel like if we do that, especially with this young squad, the first time they're together, the soft factors in that make a massive difference. Imagine all of these young boys have come together and the first season they got Champions League. That, that kind of thing builds momentum um, and, and that'll be really important for, for the morale and the belief of, of the group. So, oh, yeah, fingers crossed they, they, they see that too and, and they go on and do the same thing. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just before you come in, Dan, I think obviously, you know, we've had discussions about this in the group chat as well. You know, sometimes January being a hard window to to try and buy um, what we necessarily need. I think it might be easier to buy a centre midfielder than probably a forward. Um, just because, you know, the, the forward market is always a bit more limited and it's harder to get what you want done in Jan. Um, you know, they're, they're, we saw a link today with Bruno Guimaraes. Um, we're all a fan of him as well at, at Lyon. Lyon aren't doing too well at the moment in Liga. They sit 13th in the league. So um, it doesn't look like they're going to get Europe again um, this season. So I think, you know, a big bid, you know, uh, it's talking in the region of £38 million. Pounds. I think that's very reasonable. Um, <laughs> I think that's very reasonable for him. Um, we've seen tentative links with um, Bologna midfielder Matthias Vanberg. Now, I, I don't know much about him. I've only watched one full game of his against Juve. Um, he looks to be a bit more of an all-action type midfielder. But he's that too bank. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is uh, Matthias Vanberg, by the way? Oh, oh, oh so, 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 sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. Right, sorry, Dan. Sorry, sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Our, our resident linguist. <laughs> I, I haven't watched that guy, but... I mean, you know the Touchy Gooners are famous for the FB ref, right? I don't use it. I don't even know. I don't even know how to get access to that. But then man drop it in the group. That was smelly. That just all I saw was Bruno Fernandez. That's all I saw. I saw flipping um what's it called? Swedish Bruno Fernandez. And like players who aren't securing the ball. One, I ain't feeling them. And number two, I don't see Arteta really going down that route either. Um I know you said you watched the game and you saw something different, but No, no, no. I, I, I mean, you, you might well be right. I said I've only I've only watched one game against Juve, and he, he didn't look loose in that game. But obviously, statistically, it, it doesn't look great at the moment. So I think it's one of those we probably have to try and watch him a few more times. Um, it's a tough one because obviously <laughs> we were all heavily critical of everything we done in the summer. But you know, um, they ended up being better than we thought, and. I think, yeah, to your point, I don't think Arteta is the sort of guy who's going to want anyone who's loose on the ball, you know, since he places so much emphasis in terms of build-up. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think he's going to settle for for any sort of Bruno Fernandes type. So I, I guess it's probably one to watch. On the um, striker issue, I think the issue is it's just going to be hot. Who's going to be paying Aubameyang's wages, you know, I feel like the, the only creative short-term option, if we are to get him out, um, it will be like a short-term loan. And it looks like we'd have to still foot the majority of those wages, wherever it will be. So that's going to be, that's a tough one to play. So I'm going to be interested to see how Arteta plays that, just because realistically, I don't know who we can get in Jan. That is going to be, you know, fill our needs. Um, you know, I feel like it might have to be a, a wait till summer job. Um, so it might be a case of Aubameyang gets reintegrated, but it's probably just a case of wait and see on that one. So yeah, Dan, what's your thoughts on it? January. Yeah, um, I kind of, I think, I mean, we're just agreeing on the spot today. It's probably because Lewis is not on. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I do agree. I think we have a we have a big opportunity with top four. We're in a very good position. And um, we actually, we are playing fixtures in January, but not that many. Um, but we, we want to have a strong squad when we come out of this period uh, and, um, and uh, um, you know, that um, what's it, an international break. Um, when, when people return from an international break in February, we want to be in a strong position to be able to pick up points very fast and very consistently. That's the period when all our um, ops are essentially going to be playing their European games as well. So they'll be their cadence of games is going to be very, very peak. 
they'll be playing on the weekend, playing midweek, playing on the weekend, playing midweek. Us, man, we're going to be chilling on in, in, in the week. Our players are probably going to be going on brunches, etc., etc. And then the weekend, we we need to be ready to pan, you know. So I do think that they will do something. I think that they do re- um, recognize that. And I think generally, I think in a group, I said it a couple of times now with transfers. I'm I don't want to judge the players too too early now. Um, I watch what um the player looks like. I think I say if I think he's good or not, but I'm not going to say uh, absolutely don't do it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I'm gonna see um when they're here, unless it's like a very clear case, like a William. That's that's just the type of chance I don't I, that I'm not gonna be agreeing with. But if the profile is under 25 and um and and stuff, I'm just gonna wait and see because it does seem like they do extensive scouting. It does seem like they do sort of their homework on those players and how they fit in, not just um stylistically but also culturally. Um, Ramsdale, Ben White, Tomiyasu, all these players have fit in quite seamlessly culturally. Udegaard was already here. So I feel like these guys do their do the homework um more extensively nowadays. And um yeah, that Matthias Schwanberg didn't look great um on, on the statistics. Um and I do agree that I'm inclined to believe that the pass completion is just way too low for Attack to consider it. Even though in the clips he looked like a technically capable player, but if you have those sub tendencies, I'd be surprised if Attack does it. But if he does it, then he, he must have a plan. And these guys seem to want to do everything with a plan at the moment. Um I do, however, think that a, quite a possible transfer in January is Zakaria. And not a player that I'm, again, particularly keen on or fond on. But again, I'm going to judge him if they sign him when he's here. Um, he's a player that I do think is not the best technically, but he's very secure on the ball. I, would look, I was looking at the stats. I put a poster to FB Ref in the group. He's got a 90% pass completion. So he doesn't give the ball away much with his passes. Um, so I don't know. He's got the physical profile. He's got the ball carrying. Um, I can see it, given that his contract is expiring. Um, at the end of the season, so going into Jan, we could we could um, you know um, offer him a, a deal essentially, but we could also get a cut price deal um, negotiating with Gladbach. And I think I saw some I saw some stories. I think it was Kicker, which is pretty reliable in Germany as far as um, um, news outlets go, where they said that um, yeah, Zachary is probably available for a cut price of around seven million euros, and that's that's a Swiss international, twenty five years old. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that deal because. Maybe it's quite straightforward to do. Um, and then at the, in the striker position, I think, yeah, Leroy, you mentioned the, uh, the striker that I could potentially see. Jovic is not going to... His future in Real Madrid, uh, his future in Real Madrid is, is not looking great. Um, he's played a few games this year and he's, he's also scored a couple of goals. I've watched some of the games and he looked decent, to be fair. Um, not someone that I would want to have long-term, but I think in the, in the medium, um, I wouldn't mind him at all. Um and I also feel like he, he probably knows that he needs to get out there um, to get clubs interested in him, given that uh, Real Madrid are going to get either Haaland or Mbappe or both in the summer, and then there's really curtains for him. So I guess a loan for him would be quite good. And I, I think motivation is a big part on some of these players, and we talk about it a couple of times, but I think it'd be a good motivation for him to come here and loan and try, you know, play really well to, to gain a move, maybe to Arsenal, maybe to someone else, since this Real Madrid future is not looking that that rosy. Um but yeah, um, I think, I think, I think that uh, Zachariah is quite likely. Uh, I know Bruno G is someone that we 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 all admire. I think he's a super super good player. Um, does a lot of things very fast, um, of one or two touches. Uh, I like efficient and technical players, and he's just that. And he's also very tenacious. I think he's like sort of the the perfect perfect CM that we could sign him him or Basuma. But Bruno Bruno G has better passing. He's got the better um you know the ball progression. 
I think he's probably a bigger um sort of package overall that we we'd like to do. I think we prefer signing players from across the country rather than in the Premier League. I say that having um us having just signed Ramsdale and Ben White, but I generally feel like Arsenal's the type of team that like going to Europe to make signings. So um I could I could see that being as an interesting case. I'm not sure in this window, but um Leon are not doing bad. I, um or they're not doing well. They're in like twelfth or something like that, aren't they? So maybe there's an opening. And they always need money. <laughs> so let's let's um just hold on that point now for for a bit. So obviously you've mentioned Zachar Zacharia. Um with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Bruno G as well. Um, so we, we've seen in recent games um, a slight change in shape. Um, you know, Tini's not been, you know, with Martinelli in the side, Tini's not been pushed up as much. He will have burst during the game, but on the whole, generally, he's been a bit more conservative. It's because, you know, um, because of how Martinelli likes to play. We've also seen, and I think this is one I probably wanted to touch on a bit and link it in with, you know, the type of centimetre we've had. So, Xhaka has been playing in the same line as Odegaard. So, even though it's a 4-2-3-1 on paper, when you take a lot of stills uh, or look at, um, you know, videos of it during the game, the shape is very much a V-shape um, with party at the base and you've got Xhaka and Erdegaard just ahead. So Jack has been pressing up a lot higher. Um, and obviously Erdegaard's been in the right half space. So if we look at it holistically like that, you know, uh, and, and say we're targeting a left centre mid, um, what profile, and, and, and let's project here, let, let's try and get into Arteta's head. Do you think he might be looking at, so obviously you mentioned Zakaria or, or Bruno G, um, what type of player do you think fits that profile? Um, Leroy, let's go to you first as well. Sorry, man. I was just literally sorting something out. What okay. No, so I was just saying. Um, in the last few games, we've seen the sh the, um, the shape, shape change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we've seen Jackar push a lot higher yeah. up. Arteta's, yeah. you know, he's been playing in the same line as Odegaard, so it's specifically been a V shape. Um, with yeah. Jackar and Odegaard, you know, Jackar operating as the left sort of centre mid in that in the formation. So if we try and project forward, um, what type of centre mid do you think Arteta might be interested in? Yeah, sorry, like you, man. Um, this is what I do for Touchy Gunas, yeah. Like, I'm ignoring patience for you, man. That's just what I'm doing. Like, so, just so you know, like, yo, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, now nah, I see Arteta getting a quite a balanced midfielder in that role, so I don't see him getting like a proper eight, I see him getting someone who can do quite a lot of things. So, I think he's going to be obviously. Obviously, in, in the nature, because it will be technically, quote-unquote, base of the midfield, he needs to be able to do the base job and sort of eight job. So it's going to be someone who's pretty high volume, high touch, good passer, but then also has a bit of the creativity and penetration in his passing so he can be a bit creative and um, and slide balls into the final third. Um, I think the person who Arteta is going to have in that position is going to have a high, need a high engine and it's going to be a reasonable ball winner. So overall, they're going to have to be sort of jack of all trades, master of none, or pretty good all rounder 
in, in my opinion. And that's what I think that we'll, we'll get in that. And that's why I can see Bruno G fitting in stylistically um, in that role. The only concern I have about him is I know he's a bit tenacious and he's like a bit, um, not scatty, but he, he's, he's got the grit in him. I'm worried about him athletically in this league. Um Someone like, yeah, Barella. Someone said Barella would be amazing, but I don't see him ever coming to us. But someone in that Bruno G, Barella type mould, very, very well-rounded midfielder who can do both sides of the game um, and who's pretty tactically flexible. That's the type of person I, I see now. I would love, love Yves Basuma. We saw believe Basuma just munch up that Chelsea midfield today, um, as he does on countless occasions against countless midfields. For me... That kind of when you bring Basuma into midfield, you bring the type of player who, even though he might not be the right um, profile for for what Arteta might want, you bring domination. Because when you see Basuma and then you see Party in a midfield together, you think, "Fuck, we're, we're they're in for a game." Do you know what I mean? That's what I'd love to see. But I feel that Arteta would want someone who's a bit more pass heavy, a bit higher volume from that perspective, and maybe um, um, a bit more well-rounded. Um, but that's a shame because I I, I think Basuma is, is an amazing player. Um, and I feel like if we brought him to the team, you know how you just, you know how like Liverpool suffocate teams and, and they just, it's literally just stranglehold. I can see Basuma dropping into our team and I can see us literally penning teams in and pamming them all game. Big teams, small teams, loads of teams. Add the striker to that, add the, um, get rid of Pepe, add a winger who's got 1v1 quality to that mix. We, we're cooking. We, we're cooking. We can't lie. Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree. Dan, any thoughts on, on, on the profile? Do, do you think... Um... You know, Leroy mentioned a high touch sort of a balancer. You, you know, when that sort of comes to mind, I sort of think of like a Gundogan type as well. You know, someone who's highly involved on both sides of uh, of it. Um, what do you think he, he might look at? He might be targeting. I find um, I find it difficult to say. Um, to be honest, I think there's a, a I think a number of profiles that would fit, and I do think that the Bruno G profile and sort of the balance sort of midfielder kind of fits. And it kind of um, aligns with um, some of the links that we've seen. Um, Bruno, um, we've seen Zakaria as well, um, who I think is on the lower end of quality and on the um, competitive pairs that we talked about. And then we've also seen Ruben Neves, um, you know, uh, again, a midfielder, I think that does both sides. Um, I think he's actually, he's got, I think he's come on quite well this season. He's looked quite good. Um, not like we've seen the link, but I think that's probably sort of the type of profile that we're looking for. And then when you look at what we bought in Lokonga as someone that, develops and or is developing into this type of profile um and it's going to be this type of profile so i think this is the type of midfielder ateta likes so yeah probably basuma um bruno g um just when i see ateta try to full free free however sometimes i kind of feel like you know you need a like a very um ball um you know technically secure ball carrier um someone that can get the ball and turn fast um so I do think that maybe the Awa, um, the Awa um, door is not closed yet because I still see him as this type of player that can do these type of things. And um, not just Awa, I think also Yassin Adli. Um, I think he's been, he plays in, in, in the attacking midfield sometimes, but he also plays in the central midfield. Um, he's fairly tall. He's a bit skinny, but he's, he's on the tall side. We know they want to sign taller players as well. 
And um, he's he's a very good player. He's a very very good presser, and technically he's absolutely cold. I think I think they're they're doing their work on the on the scouting. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, like a name that we didn't expect, and they they sign him, and then you know I I, I see what they do, but um just because because they went six six out of six in the summer really with all the signings, um they've they've got some some credit in the bank from us from our side and. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. I hope they do something. Um, I mean, we've been there so many times in the winger areas where we felt like, yo, let's do something this window. Let's pull something out the bag. We need to do something. And then deadline day, we get Kim Kershkom. Nah, this is not <laughs> this is not this is not one of them days. We don't want that right now, you know. We need something, something real. We need something tangible. We need something that pushes the team forward. And I think competition is good, man. Um, we need more competition in the scene. And I feel like the Saka Pepe competition for um the, the five games that um towards the end of the season where it lasted, um coming into the season and Saka coming in, like Saka knew he had to like, you know, do his thing to kind of make clear like Pepe, you ain't you ain't you ain't he ain't he ain't welcome here no more, bro. The starting lineup is not for you, bro. Um and the same as for um Udegaard and ESR. I think um probably ESR doesn't play that much in the term, but I think there's healthy competition. ESR every time he comes on. He's leaving with something in the last three games. Before that, he was starting games um, and being our best player. So, um, same as Martinelli now coming in. Um, competition is good. We need more competition in midfield and up top. Those are the two key areas, man. Um, it would be lovely if you do something. Hey, that's, I don't want to see no Artemelo around. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I, I... <laughs> Rumour has it Artemelo got writer syndrome. I'm not going to tell you what that is. I'm not going to say that. No, it is. Google writer syndrome. Writer syndrome. Have a look at what that is. And then, yeah, keep it to yourself. And I don't, I don't want to be sued for life on it. But that's what, allegedly. So, yeah. You, you, you heard the good doctor on that. I feel like, um, you know, I think Leroy made this point before. I feel like, the, the and Dan, you just referenced it as well. The club have been very, 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 very specific in terms of the players they're targeting. I don't feel like Arteta is the sort of guy who can be pressured into panic buying. Um, I feel like he wants who he wants. Do you know what I mean? So, and it has to be a very, very specific profile. So, yeah, it won't surprise me um, to for, for it to be like a, a name we've totally not heard of. You know, sort of a left field name. I do feel like Bruno G sort of fits the mold, um, fits the bill. I do also actually think I agree with you, Dan. I think Alwar sort of fits that left centre mid mold as well. He is obviously a bit more lightweight and, and you do maybe wonder is our Odegaard you know too much is it is it a bit too lightweight um based on you know all the guys they've been signing you know have been sort of six foot sort of guys even Odegaard is not small small himself as well do you know what I mean so it looks like they're trying to sign guys with athletic capabilities but also have the good technique a good base technical level as well so it'll be interesting Bruno Grimares is six foot um that's Fanberg guy is all six foot one so uh, you know Zakaria is over six foot as well so you know I mean all these guys as well kind of do fit the mold so I, I guess it's just um it's one to watch one to watch but I do feel um and I side with both of you the position we're in at the moment I feel like we really need to thrive um and we really need to try and take advantage of it we're in a strong position so let's try and hammer it at home um so yeah but um just before we close um let's get on to this criminal um pep guardiola we've just seen his comments he said he's about to play an arsenal side that are in its best form in five six years <sighs> and you know what pep is like when he starts complimenting you like that he's about to give you a four five piece 
in the next game. So, and, and I hate the way he's so cheeky with it because he's like, oh, he'll beat you, his team will flog you and they'll be like, oh, it's the hardest team we played all season. <laughs> man, shut up, man. Shut up. Like, well, he's actually up. a sickle, you know. I hate him. I, I, actually, I actually just hate him. Actually. And the thing is, like, it's one of those games like where um, I just want to get over and done with because... <laughs> You know, <laughs> the, the the vibes have been so good recently, and I feel yes, like we're yes, just going to be brought crashing yeah. down to earth. Um, so it's one of those like I, I don't really know how to obviously look at it. Arteta's, um, you know, now got COVID again for the second time, so he's not going to be on the sideline. So they're going to be having um, Albert Stoigenberg, nickname um, AirPod Albert, as I've been seeing online today <laughs> on the sideline. So, um, Your yeah, Arsenal fans are funny, man. T- Arsenal fans have got the best line of names, honestly. AirPod Albert. <laughs> ah, <man>. uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess... That's got um, to be a pod title, surely, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, AirPod Air, Air, Air Albert, definitely. That, that's, that's the pod title. Um, so, I guess, yeah, Dan, how... It's sad as well, man, because it's literally twelve thirty on New Year's Day. Like, I'm, I'm trying to start twenty twenty two right, <laughs> and this is what they're giving to me on New Year's Day. So, um, how how do you see this going? And do you think we're going to see anything different tactically for the game? It's very difficult, man. When Guardiola does those comments, though, he usually wants to pan your ass. Like, I remember, I remember the one time, yeah. Do you remember, you remember when there was a big Sarri hype? Napoli were doing so well in the in the league. I think they ended up with 90 points, didn't win the league, just marginally missed out. In the Champions League, oh my God, Guardiola was making me sick. The way he was talking about the Sarri team, like, they're world beaters and they're, like, amazing and the way it's so good, so wide, all this shit he was <laughs> I need to flog them, bro. <laughs> I need to flog them. So I know he's got something hot for us, bro. He's got something hot for us. I can't lie. Um, I hope it's not something crazy. I hope it's not a five piece. <laughs> Listen, if it's a three piece, yo, my body can take that still. Like <laughs> I've been through it, man. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I can take a three piece, but a five piece or oh, on New Year's Day? Oh shit, man. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I mean, I think Atel will probably. I don't know. Atata does have the Guardiola thing where it's like, yo. That galaxy brain. Yeah, that's right. That's 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 from brain. <laughs> Big game? Oh, let me cook something up. <laughs> you, might... <laughs> 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 right. you might see ESR Force 9 or something like that. I was just about to say, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if I just, if I just saw ESR Force 9 again uh, on, on New Year's Day. I, I would yeah. say, let's stay with this team that we've been using. But I think he's gonna do something that we don't expect. It's just I've got a, yeah, I've got a feeling. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd, I'd 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 be I'd be inclined to agree. I feel um the the main thing I want to see from this game is just for us to be competitive, you know. And and I think you mentioned it earlier. Just be competitive against them for long terms, uh, for, for for good periods during the game. Cause them issues, you know. Try and hit them in the channels, you know. When you know the fullbacks are inverted, there's there's always space to attack. I just want to see us cause some issues. I'm not expecting to win. We're not as good as them. They're far far superior. It is what it is. But at the same time, we're Arsenal. We're at home. We shouldn't just be rolling over and just accepting, you know, the L. Um, so yeah, we need to find different ways to cause them issues, cause different ways to stress them, and and ho- hopefully we can, man. So, so, so let's let's see how it pans out, Doctor Lee. How how do you feel about it? How do you see it going? Um, anything you'd like to see for for that Man City game? Um, I mean, if I was Arteta, I would switch it up. I would go full blown counter attack. <clears throat> I just um, don't see 
the, the way we're playing, I just don't see us beating City that way. The only way I see us being beating City is the the way Leicester hold threat against them, the way Liverpool hold threat against them, the way West Ham hold threat against them is just being really effective on the counter-attack. So just shutting down all the spaces, particularly in central areas. You've got Martinelli, who's a threat. <clears throat> um, the only problem is Lacquer's not really a threat. Um, poor. You, you really kind of need ESR on the pitch because ESR, Saka and Martinelli are real counter-attacking threats, to be honest. Um, so I'd probably play ESR rather than Odegaard. Um, and I'd have Lacquer as my set merchant and and then just hope that we, we can spring with them free. Um, that's how I would go about the game. That's why I'd see. I'd probably also play Nuno Tavares. I was going to say, the ball carrier. Yeah, because he's another ball carrier. I'll, I'll play him. Um, and yeah, that, that's how I'd probably go about it, to be honest with you. Um, I, I would play Shaka instead of Lokonga because Shaka's got the range um, and he's probably got the best range on this on the team and you'd need that in that type of game. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I'd go about it, and that's what I'd like to see. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you said a key feature will just be how we spring, and and you know, it, it, we, it's always been said about um, Guardiola sides. Even if you look to when we were under Wenger and we played Barca, you've got to be able to beat that first line. Um, if you can beat that first line, you, you you can get at them. Do you know what I mean? So, and I've seen I saw Antonio cause the poor issues earlier in the season as well. Do you know what I mean? So. They do have, you know, certain players, and I've seen Edison have some bozo moments this season as well. So if you can get past that first line of pressure, if you can evade it, if you can stress it, um, you can cause it. And, and that's really the main takeaway I'm trying to look for from this game. Um, I'm not expecting a victory um, or a draw. Either <laughs> would be nice, but but I just I, I want to see us, you know, um, because a four-piece is not going to help anybody. It's not going to help our confidence. Do you know what I mean? So we've been on a good run. So even if we lose, let's let's please lose in a, in, a, in a dignified way where we can take X or Y from the game and say, you know what, I can see this is, you know, good green shoots um, going forward. Um, so, 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 yeah, let, let's let's see. Let's see on that. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll, if we don't have anything else to say, unless there's anything else you guys want to touch on quickly before let's, we, we can wrap it up there, um, I think we will try not to get a Patreon pod out um, before the City game um, on New Year's Day as well. So, But, yeah, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying your festive periods if you're celebrating. Um, yeah, some of us, uh, you know, didn't get to enjoy as much on Christmas Day as we would have liked, but... Yeah, we move. New Year, um, come in. We'll all through that New Year spill, but um, hopefully it'll be a good one for Arsenal. So, lads, thank you very much for joining me, and um, we'll catch you on the flip side. Take care. Peace. Could have had that fight, but I'm gonna walk on site. Man, I have to grab that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man, you're gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's foul. Man, I'm That's the response of Arsenal. Across the line. Score for my team in the time I play. Where better know when man's in the Chelsea. Chelsea. Lost their focus in the joy of equalizing. But I won't see you right. Man, could have had that fight. Sports Social Podcast Network.